Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. I have another movie for you to watch this week. This week we are talking to Ellen Bruno. Ellen is an award-winning filmmaker. She has a background in international relief work, and her films have focused on issues at the forefront of human rights, including sex trafficking in Burma, political prisoners in Tibet, uh, the social alienation of people with leprosy, and genocide in Cambodia. The film that we are talking about today is called Split, and it is, it's such an incredible, incredible film. And it's a film for kids of divorce and their parents. It's a deeply personal film that explores the effects of divorce on children. The film features 12 children from 6 to 12 who explore the often frightening and always life-altering separation of their parents. And it gives us the children's perspective on divorce. There are no adults, no experts, there's just kids speaking the powerful truth of what is on their minds and in their hearts. Their wisdom, candor, and humor will give courage to other children and encourage parents to make better choices as they move through divorce. That's actually from their website. And I, I can't tell you how much I agree with this. It, it can be hard to watch at times. And I think that one of the one of the top recommendations is that you watch it before you watch it with your kids, right? You know how much I love um, Christina McGee. She is one of the she's one of the producers, but she's one of the advisors of this film as well. So um, this is a child centered film about kids' experience going through divorce. Ellen interviews the kids from six to twelve, and she's working on the second film, Split Two, which goes back and has conversations with those same children years later. Without further ado, here is my interview with Ellen Bruno. Ellen, thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking about your incredible film, Split, and the sequel, that's coming up. Um, I'm really curious, you know, your history is in all of this sort of like, you know, human rights work, right? Like you have a background in international relief work, right? And you've done films on human rights and sex trafficking, all sorts of stuff. What brought you to want to make this film? I never expected to make this film, but, um, my parents divorced when I was a kid and I got divorced when my kids were quite small. And I was actually having a conversation with a dear friend's 10 year old sitting on a <laughs> hill one day. Mm. And he started telling me how the only kids he really felt comfortable talking to were kids who were up, whose parents were divorced. And 
you know, he really started opening up to me about his experience of there not being places to talk about divorce and how awkward he felt and how mm. uncomfortable he felt. And I thought, wow, that really resonated with my experience as a kid. Granted, that was many years ago. And I come from a very small Catholic community in Rhode Island. And so culturally, divorce was, uh, uh, you know, something that just wasn't happening in our community. But I realized even here in California, just, you know, much more open-minded and in the present day, there was still a lot of unspoken truths. You know, kids had a lot that was on their mind and in their hearts, and they didn't feel like they had a real opportunity to express this. And so I thought, well, I'll just step aside for a moment and do this little side project and just talk to a bunch of kids about their experience and see what comes of it. And ultimately, and ironically, much to my surprise, it became a film very similar to my other films, my human rights films, where, you know, the process of making the film really became a platform for people to talk about their experiences and to give them a voice that they hadn't had before. Mm -hmm. And to give them a voice where they could talk about their experiences of surviving a difficulty or a challenge in their lives, an unexpected challenge, uh, oftentimes a challenge they had little or no control over. And, you know, how did they make sense of that? How did they make sense of that trauma or that experience? And how did they tell the story of that? You know, and how did that storytelling affect their ability to move forward in a more positive way, you know, with a more resilient spirit? Or was it a story they were telling in a way that would bind them <laughs> to sort of suffering and the negativity of the experience. And so I was very inspired in my relief work to see people who had gone through incredible, you know, unthinkable difficulties. And that came out with resilient spirit in the world to live and, you know, the knowledge that they could have love and joy again. And mm -hmm. so in that way, there were a lot of similarities between my, um, my filmmaking and my work in sort of war-torn or difficult uh, situations and, you know, good old American kids living in the suburbs who are just trying to make sense of a change in their family and, and sharing what they learned with others to give them courage, to encourage them and make them realize, okay, it's a little, maybe a little tough, but there will be joy in my life. There will be love in my life and, and I can get through that. Mm, yeah. It's such a moving film. On the one hand, it's so simple, right? It's so beautifully simple. And it's, you know, it's 30 minutes. It's just all you see are these children. And, and how, what are the ages of the kids again? They're, they're six, to, six to 12. Six to 12. Camera on them and really close up on them. And their faces are so beautiful. And it's simple in its presentation. And yet, it's so poignant. And it's so, you know, and we've we talked about when we had you on the live stream with with Ben and Susan about how like, you know, you kind of catch yourself like you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is sweet. And then suddenly you're sobbing and you're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> really, or suddenly you're laughing. Or suddenly you're laughing. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And they're just because they're so, you know, they're kids, right? They're so raw and open. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's one kid that just devastated me, the little black boy whose mm -hmm. dad, you know, is basically not there, has, has right. kind of abandoned him. You know, I was thinking about this film and I was thinking about showing it to, uh, so how, how do you use it in families, right? Because I was thinking about, you know, showing this to a child and 
wondering what their response would be, right. like what their experience yeah, yeah. is. So tell, so tell me a little bit about that. Like, how does that, cause you, this is, this film is great for, it's great for professionals. It's great for, for right. children. It's great for right. families. It's like, but talk about the, the kids. Right. All right. Well, you know, I, I think in part you asked that question as a parent, perhaps. I mean, I think yeah, that sure. that's, that's a, um, you know, I think oftentimes we want to protect our kids mm -hmm. from, you know, um, difficulty, you know, emotional difficulty. And, you know, divorce is, while it can ultimately be a really positive thing in a kid's life, it definitely, you know, can be a struggle. And so I think there are um, parents tend to be very protective of their children and, and wonder, well, well, do I really want to show a film about divorce to my kids? Do I really want them to be thinking about this? And I don't want it to trigger and trigger them in any way. And I don't want it to, um, you know, worry them or sort of plant ideas in their head about problems that they're not having. And so their parents clearly and rightfully have these kind of concerns about the film. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting because almost universally, kids find the film very deeply comforting because as we all know, kids have wild imaginations. And when things happen in their lives, if they don't get the facts, they'll make them up or they, their, their imagination will go wild. And that's the beauty of kids. Mm -hmm. But also it can be, you know, it, it can be quite difficult. And there's something that's very grounding about the film for kids, because for one thing, and I think this is very important for parents to understand that these are kids who are definitely survivors. These are kids that have been through it and that are looking back and are speaking very truthfully about their experiences. And they speak about the difficult things as well as the unexpected benefits of a divorce. And so there's something in, in its simplicity that you mentioned that is very, um, kids trust these kids. When kids are watching, they really trust the kids they're hearing in the film. And they really feel like they're getting it straight from these kids. It's not sugar-coated. It's not saying everything's great and everything's going to be fabulous. You know, it talks about the good and the bad, you know, the, the good times and the struggles. And so that Kids feel like they're getting the truth and they also feel like they're not alone. It's like, okay, this kid is having a little difficulty with mom's new boyfriend. I'm feeling a little weird about mom's mm -hmm. new boyfriend. I guess that's okay. And so there's something that's very normalizing about it. It's telling kids that it's actually okay to have these feelings and yeah. these struggles and to find things funny and to find things better and to like a parent's new partner and to actually like having two homes or to hate having two homes, whatever it is. And so there are so many different perspectives and it's not like these kids are gonna plant ideas in your child's head. In fact, your kids will relate to certain kids in certain, in certain ways and not relate to other kids. And it becomes a very um, helpful way for parents. If parents are watching this film with their children, it, it, it becomes a very helpful way to start a conversation because Johnny doesn't need to say to mom, well, mom, I feel really awkward when your boyfriend's at the house. Johnny can say, mom, I really liked that kid in the film that talked about, you know, that was joking about the new boyfriend or, um, yeah, I really thought that um, that part was really interesting in the film. And so they don't have to talk about their own experiences as a first step. They can refer to the film. And if parents are paying attention, which they do, then you can start having the conversation based on the kids in the film, you know, a mm -hmm. comfortable distance from your own kids. And then of course, as always, you know, well, do you ever feel that way?
Yeah. Oh, well, actually, yeah, I do kind of feel that way sometimes when he comes over, you know, whatever the conversation is. And so there's something that's very nice about the distance of the kids not being not being the parents' actual children or actually not being the kid themselves. It provides a really comfortable distance to start conversations. So we really recommend <clears throat> it's a great thing for kids to watch. Many kids watch it repeatedly, mm-hmm. you know, almost obsessively. But we really recommend that parents watch the film first because parents have a whole different set of reactions to the film than than kids do. And parents recognize their kids in the kids in the film. And, you know, as parents, um, I think oftentimes the biggest concern parents have when they're going through a separation is how will this affect my children? And so, you know, it is they are tender hearted about it. And so to watch kids speak their truths so openly, it, you know, it, it, it can be um, a little difficult for a parent, you know, and they will, you know, if they do have a more of an emotional experience watching the film as a parent, they don't, you shouldn't really do that with your children nearby. That's why we recommend watch the film first, have your responses to the film, Mm -hmm. you know, absorb that all, and then sit down and invite your kids to watch with you. I think that's, Um, yeah, I think that's really important. And I want to stress that. I know that Ben, uh, our friend Ben Helfont said the same thing that like, he was like, you know, you, and I think Susan too, right? Susan Guthrie, they all said, everyone reiterates, right? That like, you should definitely have your own, as a parent, have your own experience with the film first before showing it to parents. Was it Susan who had a friend who she told her, don't, you know, you need to watch it first. And then she didn't, she watched it with her kids and she was bawling and she was like, right. Shit. <laughs> you don't want to put your kids in that situation. You know, it's right. like, mom, what's right. going on? Yes. And yeah. I, and I, and I think you're absolutely right. I think my reaction when I'm, when I was crying was, was definitely from the place of motherhood and not sure. as a professional, right. And sure. it was really about, you know, I have a 15 year old, we got we got divorced when he was three, you know, and this mm-hmm. is, so this is like, this was his world right. and many of his experiences. You know, one of the things <laughs> that really hit me the hardest was they were talking, you know, the, the going back and forth between houses and, um, you know, my son at 15 has said like, I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. I want right. to, I want to have all my stuff in one place. I don't yes. want to feel like I have to like pack everything I own to feel settled. And, you know, his dad and I are like, fine, what, you know, whatever you need. Absolutely. And so he's starting to get the choice well, how long you. he stays, you know, and then after like a week or two, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go hang out at dad's for a bit. I'm like, great, no problem. So, you know, it becomes his choice. And I think that's because I was listening to those kids talk about their custody schedules being like, day, one day, two days, two days, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And I thought, oh my God, that's so hard. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things about that. One is that whatever custody schedule is established by the court or with mediators when kids are small is going to be very different and will not meet their needs when they're teenagers. And your mm-hmm. son is a perfect example and good for you, both of you, all three of you, yeah. to to have the wherewithal to be flexible enough and recognize that it really is in the best interest of your son. You know, and what happens is it's, it's really interesting because we as parents think, well, you know, uh, three days here, three days there, three days here, three days there, bring your stuff. It's just a different bed. You're going to sleep and you're going to be one loving parent. And of course, that's true. But what happens with many kids and in many families is that they're not just switching houses. They're almost switching identities, you know, and and I remember when my kid was young, and I would go and pick him up at his dad's house, and he'd come walking out, and I would think, 
who is this boy? The mm. way he was dressed, you know, was just a physical um, representation of who he was in that household. And mm. he was expected to be a very different person than he was in my household. Mm. And so there was, it's not just a, a switching of beds and a switching of parents. It's oftentimes, it can be a switching of identities, almost like a whole code switching thing where a kid has to, okay, well, I can't swear in that household. I have to be very quiet. I, you know, have to do this. I have to do that. And this is what's expected of me. And this is who they think I am. And then I'm going back to this other house. And so, you know, it's much bigger than just simply switching households and switching parents for a lot of kids. And I think that's something. And then what happens is when a kid starts to individuate like your son, which is a perfectly appropriate developmental thing as a teenager, mm -hmm. it's you start developing your own identity apart from the expectations of your parents and apart from your parents, right? right. Um, you start coming into your own as who you are. Then it becomes all the more complicated and kids really do need to start defining themselves more and having a little more autonomy and a little more choice that's and they're developing relationships outside of that household much more their activities are much more outside of the household and so their need to be in this nuclear or in this like homebound uh, situation with one parent the other other is, is much less they're going out in the world more they're exploring themselves more and they need to, a little more freedom and they need a little more choice so good for you for being <laughs> flexible and i would love to see that more for all parents yeah. to realize things have to change as their kids age. Yeah. And that's perfectly appropriate developmentally. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with the, where the, where the tricky part can come in is when you have parents who are in an, in not in a, a not in a collaborative situation where they're literally counting days. So suddenly yes. it's, you know, they're tracking days on a co-parenting app because they can't have conversations. And so now the kid is making the choice right. of their own autonomy, but we're still counting days and now you owe me money or like whatever it is. Right. And it's yeah. like, Oh my yep. God, yes. that's not about yep. your kid. Right. Yep. That's not yep. about your kid. Yep. Uh, and that's just uh, so frustrating. So yeah. how does the film, so I mean, we sort of, we talked about how it helps kids. We've sort of touched on how it helps parents a little bit, right? Um, are there any other ways that it's, that you see it helping parents? Well, you know, I, I was, this film was made for kids and the, the idea mm -hmm. was really, this is going to sort of neutralize divorce for kids it's going to encourage them to share their feelings it's going to make them realize they are not alone it's going to make it's going to encourage them make them realize it may be a little hard now but you'll get through it and look at all of these kids that are just these brilliant wonderful kids that are just you know flourishing in their new lives and so it was really was made in support of children almost immediately with great enthusiasm seized upon by mediators and family lawyers and even court systems around the country. And it's because um, there was the way that the, like you say, these simple truths, you know, these children's mm -hmm. simple truths were very powerful and um, they really um, turned parents you know, sort of minds and hearts really to the children and away from the anger and the bitterness and the conflict. And it was what folks are finding is that, um, say, before a mediation session, if they assign the film, parents will often come in to, or if they watch the film in the waiting room before going into a mediation session, mm -hmm. parents will come into the session with a much more open heart and a heart that's much more 
uh, oriented in the direction of what's best for their kids. And, you know, it, it helps parents put their differences aside and put their bitterness or their anger aside and really tune into their kids. And so it has been a bit of a, a magic key to making progress in, in quite difficult um, cases where uh, parents just aren't finding a place to agree or just are involved in a conflict for conflict's sake that's based in their own anger in terms of their own relationship. So it's been a really good tool to turn parents' attention away from their anger and experiences and away from their relationship with each other and, and really help them focus on their children. And so there are quite a few places in San Francisco where, where I am right now, for example, where you cannot go through the court system without watching the film in your court orientation session. And so, so brilliant. it's, yeah, it's being used to sort of prime the parents. And also there are many places uh, around the country now where it's part of the court curriculum or it's being played in a loop in a waiting room outside of the court uh, sponsored mediation uh, offices. And I think it's really been recognized as a way to, to like I say, you know, <laughs> the key to the, to the heart of the parents and to, to help them refocus on what's really important and to help them, encourage them to make more skillful choices, not just for the kids' sake, but for their own sake. I mean, who wants to be locked in this endless battle of bitterness and animosity, you know, um, especially when you cheer, share, share a child or two or three. Mm -hmm. And so it's been very helpful in that way. I think that's, I, I honestly think that's just brilliant, right? To start me. I mean, I know that that was, you know, my mediator's first question was, you know, he said, you have a choice to make. You can either put your son at the center of this divorce or you can put him in the middle. What, what do you, what do you choose? Cause those That's are your two choices. Right. right. And we were like, I mean, obviously the center, right. And it was a brilliant way to start, but I think that the movie is actually a physical manifestation of making that choice. It's a more of a psychological play, <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, it actually directs you exactly to that place. I love that. To the heart. To the, to the heart, heart of the matter, of the heart yeah. of all of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why you were talking about the simplicity. And I think in a sense, because of that, it's why it works, because it's simply kids speaking their truths. It's not any parents, you know, putting it into context. There's no experts. There's, there's nobody trying to reform or reshape anything that the kids are saying. It's just simply in its runness. Here it is. Here they are. And you can see the common commonalities among the children. Now, granted, these are 12 random kids. For the different 12, would it be different? I'm not so sure because, you know, there are just very clear themes that emerge. And one of them is, you know, it just tears me apart to hear my parents fight. Yeah. I mean, that is a universal truth. Yep. It that absolutely just, it, you know, or even this sort of continual wish that my parents would get back together again. It's sort of this fairy tale that our kids have, you know, in their minds that somehow, you know, oh, if my parents could just get back together again. And of course, then they laugh at it after, you know, now that I've spoken to all of these kids as teenagers, they're like, oh, my God. I can't imagine my, <laughs> I can't imagine my parents together. It, I'm so happy that, you know, and they're just, oh. just with a perspective of age, these kids realize that, you know, in many cases, probably in most, their parents made a choice that was best for the whole family, you know, and that it was a much better choice than living in, you know, like one of the girls I said as a teenager, it's it's such a 
better choice than living in a, a toxic environment, you know, or, or living in a situation where your parents aren't really as happy as they could be. And so time, the, the perspective of time is, is, uh, is a game changer. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, the Center for Divorce Education. The Center for Divorce Education is an organization that provides separated parents with the tools and techniques necessary to navigate the difficult task of being a co-parent. They offer an online class called Children in Between, which can be completed from home in around four hours. To sign up for the class, visit divorce-education.com. Anyone who is co-parenting can benefit from the class, even if if it isn't court-mandated. If only one parent takes the class, it will still be beneficial to the relationship. Nearly half a million parents have taken this class in all 50 states and three foreign countries. Results from surveys have reported that 9 out of 10 parents say they would recommend children in between online to other parents. This course has been used and highly regarded by attorneys, judges, and clinical psychologists all over the nation. Sign up today on their website, divorce-education.com. That brings us right up to the fact that you are in the midst of, I think, still. I talked to Christina recently, cut last week, um, and she's, you know, an advisor. Is that right? On the film. And she's just so brilliant. I adore her. So, but you're in the process right now of editing the sequel. That's right. And so you revisit these children in their teenage years, as you were saying, and I just, and so all of them, every single one of them was, was 11 of the 12 (sighs) that were participating. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are you finding? I mean, you were just saying um, that so many of them are like, whoo, (laughs) that was a good idea. Yeah, that 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 tends to be a universal truth. This this it's sort of mind-boggling to them imagining their parents living in the same household, you know. Yes. And, and you know, and and so um, one of the the uh, universal truths again, and I, when I say universal, I say it's a very strong theme among these particular twelve kids mm-hmm. years later, who are now you know teens or young adults is is that, um, you know, in high conflict situations where throughout the kid's childhood, if, continue, if they continue to find themselves in the middle of an ongoing battle and being asked continually to choose one side or another, and to, it's constant effort to sway a child to favor one parent or another, or, um, that, that's exhausting for a child. And um, when they do have... <laughs> The ability to make a choice. They're no longer bound by a court schedule and they're, you know, an older teen or a young adult. Oftentimes in the high conflict situations, the, the kids will say, you know what, I've had it. I'm just, I'm sticking with mom or I'm sticking with dad and I just need to get out of this, you know, dynamic. Um, one of the parents tends to fall into the background because it's too exhausting for the kids to try to live in the midst of, of that, you know, high conflict. And so that's one of the sadder um, commonalities I see among these kids, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, um, kids, it is so incredibly important for kids, uh, for their parents to be able to be together at important times in their lives. You know, that could be, uh, a soccer game, which may not seem hugely important to us as parents, but to a kid that's hugely important. So to be able to have both kids sitting in the stands, uh, st- both, both parents, um, you know, 
at, at a sporting event. They don't need to be sitting together, but just to have it be okay enough for both parents to be there at the same time, for them to be at school events, for them to be at graduations, birthdays. And that's one girl said, that's as whole as my family can be. And I can't tell you how important that is to me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if we're talking about three or four hours a month, right, for a parent to find it in their heart to be cordial with the other parent, or at least not create fr friction, that's hugely important to these kids. And we'll continue on through you know, their college graduation and their marriages and their birth of their children. Kids um, have different ideas about relationships. And if their parents can manage after a separation to be kind and loving to each other, it, it, it tells these kids that actually they don't have to be afraid to get into relationships. They can get into relationships and their relationships may be long-term, they may be shorter term, but it doesn't have to be... Uh, an incredibly painful ongoing saga if the relationship ends. So we're not doing our kids a lot of service if we can't get our act together and be civil to each other and kind to each other as a co-parent. Um, and we have to remember that we're modeling things. And yeah, it doesn't mean everything in life is easy, but we really are modeling for our children how to be in relationship um, and um, in relationship to any human being, mm. uh, but especially to the human being who's the other half of who you are. Right, um, right. And so, and truly, and universally, children, even exceptionally difficult parents and exceptionally unskillful parents, children love both parents. Children really yeah. love, it doesn't mean they necessarily want to spend a lot of time with one parent or another, but they truly do love both parents and they really do feel like they are of their parents. And so if they start thinking really negatively about a parent, if they're being encouraged to do that by one of the parents, mm. they're going to start feeling very negatively about themselves in a certain way because they know they are of those parents. Yeah. And so we need to be very careful with our children and really encourage the best in the other parent. And we need to really speak as positively as possible about the other parent because there's a very strong identification that that kid has with both parents. And it'll influence who they think they themselves are and how worthy they are and how good a person they are. Absolutely. So it all goes very deep. It, do it does. It does. And what's wonderful about the first film, and I'm assuming the second film, right, is that it's deep, but also presented in a very sort of palatable. It's not, you know, this is not right. a, um, yeah. you know, heady research paper. This is like, right. this That's is just a good point. real life, right? right? And yeah. And I think these yeah. these lessons are so important. I think that I think what you were just talking about is is incredibly important because there's the alienation piece, and I've been doing a lot of research and studying about alienation, unfortunately, <laughs> recently. You know, and it's not just about one parent badmouthing the other or keeping the other parent from right. There's badmouthing is is not alienation and. Keeping a child from the other parent is certainly a form of alienation, but it's also planting these insidious messages in the child's head about another parent, and it could be the full custodial parent. And so then the child is living full time with someone and, and then aligning themselves with the with the you know, ag aggressor, whatever, there's another right. word for it, right? Mm -hmm. um, because the, it's the only way that they that they know that that other parent will love them, especially if it's a, 
you know, usually the parent who is um, perpetuating the alienation is the one with some kind of psychopathy or, or, or not right. Sick, but right. Right. the psychology right. of manipulation, right? right? So to be loved by the other parent, one must align with them, right? right? And then they're aligning with that, with an absent parent against a custodial parent, and there's no safety and there's so it is, it's all just so dangerous and horrible. The idea that these children, these teenagers can actually speak to that on some level is extraordinary. Yeah. 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 But I I take, uh, I take your point to what you're saying. And and I think it's important that, that people um, we are talking about a lot of heavy things here in in sort of a deep, very deep way. Um, but there's something about the lightness of the film. And I, and I just want to reiterate that. Right, right. We, are, we are having this conversation, which is, you know, in great depth, but, you know, as adults and as parents. Right, right. right. Uh, but I, I just want to reiterate that the, 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 the emotional tone of the, um, the film is just very light and very delicate and very sweet. And mm-hmm. so... Um, these are not topics that are covered in the film. You know, no, we're just no. here speaking as adults, but they are topics that will be covered much more when we hear these kids um, as young adults or older teens talk about it because they're able to articulate things in, in, a, in a way and they have the perspective of six years of living in a particular situation and they're, um, uh, they're able to, to, to look back and really share with us what, what worked and what didn't work, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's really interesting hearing kids talk, the older kids talk about um, their relationships with their parents, new partners or boyfriends and girlfriends and, you know, their attachments and to these people and their, the value they find oftentimes unexpectedly mm-hmm. uh, in, in new partners and also um, the value of grandparents, aunts and uncles and coaches as really supportive people in these kids' lives. Um, there are times when kids are left with only one parent after a divorce. One parent is, is, is not present and they have mm-hmm. to find a role model as a father or a mother and they can find those in a coach or a teacher or a, an aunt or an uncle. Or And these kids also talk a lot about how important it is as teens to be able to um, have friends who they can talk to who understand what their experience is like. And, you know, as... as um, common as divorce is in our culture, there, there still is a way that kids really take comfort in somebody who understands, you know, the intricacies of shifting houses and not being able to attend all the social events they want to and, you know, trying to make sense of some of these things. Um, and so they really, uh, many of them talk about how, how comforting it is to them and how, how happy they are to find friends who understand their situations and who can, um, where they understand with few words spoken. Uh, so it's peer support. We all need peer support. I mean, that's true with us as adults. I, I love the, when they talk about it, when they're little in the first movie, right. And they talk the, especially that, that one little boy who says, you know, it's really important to have, I have like one, my best friend who he's gone through this too. And it was the way he says it, the way he says, who's going through the same thing. It's like, it's such an adult phraseology, of that he's going through something, right? Like it just, oh, that kind of, he shattered me. He shattered me all over the place. His little eyes. Well, you know, it's interesting about him. He, 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 you know, his, his name's Trevor and um, he, 
does hold the sadness in the film more than the other kids. Mm -hmm. he, 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 his father is not present and um, he ha has been very disappointed by his father's absence um, and very much wants his father to be part, part of his life. And so he, he does um, hold the sa that sadness in the film. Well, interestingly, um, as an 18 year old, um, this kid, with the help and support of a pastor in his community and a janitor at the school who became like a father figure to him, he is the most lovely, brilliant, <gasps> solid, stable young man. And, so worried about him. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's such so a great guy. Him. He's oh, such a great guy. And he said, he said, you know, if I have kids, I really wouldn't want to put my kids through what my dad put me through by not being around and all. And so I'm going to say it right now. If I have kids, I am going to be dad of the year every year. That's oh. me. I am going to be dad of the year. And so oh. to take, you know, something like the struggle he had and the, the longing for his father yes. and turn it into a determination to be a fabulous dad. It's like, what more can you ask? I, oh, mean, I love brilliant. him. I love him. That makes me yeah. so happy. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. me so happy. Yeah. He's a great guy. Oh my yeah. gosh. So Ellen, where can people find and watch this film? Well, you can go to our website, which is splitfilm.org, S-P-L-I-T, split is the name of the film. So it's splitfilm.org, and you can stream the film there. You can order a DVD. And I also want to mention, we have a really fabulous, beautiful, colorful guide or workbook that goes with the film. We wrote it in a way that parents and professionals can use it, and it really is a way to be able to start conversations with parents or start conversations with kids based on the film. And mm -hmm. so it's very accessible. It's, it's, it's sort of eye candy. It's a beautifully done book. And so that's another support for, for parents, you know, is to get the workbook and flip through it and, and, you know, get some tips on how to have conversations with your kids. I mean, it actually gives you some language, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to have conversations with your kids about, the separation apart from the film or specifically about the film. Uh, so using the kids in the film as a way to really uh, open up topics in a, in a, in a pretty easy way. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so great. I didn't see the workbook. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know about that because I think it's a really, I'm assuming the, the graphics are, or the, when you say it's really beautiful, is it, is it yeah. the same animation style yes. as the, yeah. Cause in the film, there's these beautiful, adorable little animations that are, that's, that's great. I love yeah, it. Yeah. There's full page uh, photos of the kids and the animation. Everything is very, it's very beautifully done. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, so it, I worked on that with Christina and I wrote the book. And so that's, that was, um, it's a really good resource. So that's I wonderful. encourage people to. That's wonderful. Uh, when is the sequel coming out? Do we know? Is What's the, <laughs> you're like, when I finish it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, it, it seems it will probably be finished around April. Yeah. It's funny. That's, I was been there all morning and I just left the, the editing studio. So um, I think, going to be a really kind of profound addition to the to the toolkit and in a yeah. very different way and um you know that the challenge is there's so much good material that 
the question is how long should the film be and what will be most useful? Like um, the, the, the film split is divided into 15 chapters and so professionals or parents can just take it one chapter at a time. Let's talk about missing, you know, or let's talk <laughs> about new people, new partners, or let's talk about back and forth. We'll probably do the same with the teen uh, material just because there's so much of it. It may be that professionals, if they do use it, will have to use it in two parts rather than, um, you know, keep really important material out. So we'll see. That's the challenge is, yeah. and a good challenge that is, you know. To have so much material that you have yeah. to make those kinds of choices. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's so great. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on you. and sharing this. It's such a beautiful film and the film is split and you can find it at splitfilm.org and it'll, all the links will be in the show notes as always. And thank you so much, Ellen, for coming on. And thank you. This. And thank you for all that you are doing on behalf of families. Really thank you. good oh, for you. Thanks. And thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.